Wednesday, May 30th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor Jason Moser and from Motley Fool Asset Management Bill Mann. Gentlemen, happy hey, hey. home day. Hey, happy Chris, how are you? Indeed. I'm doing well, man. How are you doing? I haven't seen you in the studio in a I while. I know. It's I know. It's been, been a while. Good to have you asset back. Asset managing, you know? <laughs> exactly. He's been busy managing <laughs> that, that one asset. Asset. <laughs> yeah. um, so, on the docket today, we have Pepsi turning to Twitter for help with its brand. And a shipping stock that appears to have run aground, but we are going to start once again with the Facebook. Um, this this company has <laughs> been public less than two weeks. Shares are already down about 25% since the IPO. And yesterday, it triggered a short sale circuit breaker, um, which Bill Mann basically just indicates that, uh, among other things, the short sellers out there in the market are starting to take a greater interest in Facebook that to, sounds bad, right? Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's definitely bad. What what changes the story for Facebook? Do they just have to sort of ride it out until their first earnings report? Or is there something they can do to change this narrative? They kind of do. But I think the thing you have to remember about an, an IPO at its core is that an IPO's job is to raise money for a company. I mean, they always talk about you know whether an IPO is successful you know, if it goes up past that price. I think that's crazy. Because that just means that they're leaving money on the table. Facebook left no money on the table for anybody. This is a spectacularly successful IPO, which is what is supposed to happen. Uh, Steve Wynn actually comes out and says, "Yeah, I buy stock. You know, we 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 buy stock from the market when they when they give us the opportunity, and we sell stock to the market when when they give us the opportunity." I almost think that Facebook has to come out and say something like that. Like we raised a lot of money, and we raised it because of demand, and just be you know just be upfront about it because they now have a huge cash hoard. From the you know from raising that much money in an IPO, so I I actually think that they're more okay than this, but you know I th- they they might want to go aggressive. I think. Yeah, Jason, I th- Bill's exactly right. I mean, it was a successful IPO from their perspective. They raised a bunch of money. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest scar here is just you know the actual process of an IPO, and that's why we always warn you know just individual investors to not really yeah. even worry about getting involved with IPOs is because of this kind of stuff right here and so it wasn't really necessarily a Facebook issue as much as it is you know at the core of it it's an IPO process issue you look at the things going on with JP Morgan here and you know whether or not growth rate <laughs> growth rates were released uh, nefariously or you know to only certain privileged parties who knows but I, mean, I think ultimately that's yes a, Facebook raised a lot of money that sort of thing is frowned upon it will yeah. Yeah. understandable so <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think I think yeah. that you know when they release their first quarterly report, we're going to get a better idea of the of the business itself. Get some SEC filings under its belt. Um, you know, long term, an IPO is a very short term event. And and a year from now, if if Facebook has a few good successful quarters under its belt, this is just going to be way history. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to note that this company has been public now for less than two weeks, and so people are really focusing on what has happened over a two week period of time, which is not long term investorly at all. And one of the reasons that we you know we tend to tell people not to get involved with IPOs is that companies there's a learning process you know in being a public company it is different than being a private company i mean you hear companies like Kenneth Cole who's now in the process of going private and they're saying we can't wait till we're private again because we no longer have to focus on a quarter by quarter basis you know we can make long term decisions so companies that have not been public before 
I mean, you know, they, they say they're going to be exactly the same when, you know, when they go public, but they're not. And so one of the reasons that we stay away from IPOs is just there's a learning process involved from the companies. Yeah, and Zuckerberg admittedly is not necessarily the guy that wants to get out there in front of everyone either. He's a pretty <laughs> shy guy. So this is, you know, definitely some learning for him. We have to remember yeah. he's extremely young. Uh from our point of view, I mean, wow, it's been a great IPO. I mean, we've had a lot of fun talking about it. It seems <laughs> yeah. like we provide a new story every day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this Man, is just get your popcorn, a right? short-term blip, I think, in just what's going to be a really long story. Well, yeah. so one of the other threads in all of this is the lockup period. And that's just that there are um, shares that are effectively locked up for insiders for a set period of time over yeah. the next 90 days, or, or I should say rather 90 days after the IPO, you're going to see more than 250 million shares that insiders own that will be available for selling. And at 180 days, it's going to be 1.2 billion. Yeah. Is that is that a cause for concern or is that merely just one more reason to stay away from IPOs? No, I, I think in this case, it's really not a concern for two reasons. One, uh, if you remember, uh, a lot of the insiders added more shares to what they were selling at the IPO. So I think that they've probably, you know, they sold as much as they want to sell. So you probably see some, you know, some additional selling. And also, there may not be a, you know, a stock in history that's been as liquid as Facebook. So, you're, you know, if you're talking about a day by day, you know, I, I just don't see that this is, you know, I, I don't really see this as an issue. In a lot of cases, it would be. But I think in this case for Facebook, it isn't. Uh, Jason, we had Nell Minow on Motley Fool Money last week, and one of the things she said is that, um, you know, you look at Facebook, they 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 have to be more than an advertising company. They can't just be a company that makes their money not at off, this valuation. Off of that. Correct. Is yeah. that is that really what it comes down to? That if it's if it's going to be a, I think right now it's somewhere in the neighborhood of a, a sixty to sixty five billion dollar market cap. To sustain that, they have to come out with some sort of membership or subscription business? They're going to have to. I mean, the, the price right now implies a very bright future for the company. And so if you look at you know what the price reflects today, the price-to-sales ratios has come down a bit to somewhere around the neighborhood of 15, uh, where if you look at something like Google, which is solely advertising, um, you know that, that price-to-sales ratio is, is under 5. And, and that's a proven, successful, profitable business. So, yeah, I mean, what's Facebook's right now looking at uh, a very bright future. And so what they're going to have to do is prove that they're worthy of that, which means they're going to have to do something to monetize that 900 million users. That's yeah. a lot of people. You can't just count on advertising. Yeah, they're going to have to crush Google is what they're going to have to do. I mean, Google, Google, it, Google that is, seems like a tall task. Right. I mean, I guess <laughs> Google, Google would be the, you know, would, 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 would be the counterexample. They have managed to do, you know, just that where almost all of their revenues to this day are from advertising. So it's possible there's a model out there, but the model is Google, and Google is not going to give up ground willingly. I mean, so they really will have to, you know, they're going to have to beat them. Yeah, and you have to remember, tell me, on the other side of that coin, Google tried to get into that Facebook world with Google+, Plus, which, I mean, as far as I can see, has just been an epic fail up until this point. Yeah, it's Google, I mean, Google neutral, Plus maybe. Is, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, so, so you can see where Google wanted to add that dynamic to their business. Facebook, I think, is going to have a bit of an easier time, because really, once they real people into that environment, they just need to start figuring out ways to keep them in there. Whether yeah. you're ordering your pizza from there or you're buying your goods from there, whether it's relationships created with you know Pizza Hut or Amazon or whoever, yeah. Yeah. that's what they need to do. I think Google faces a little bit higher of a hurdle there. Yeah. I th- it, it, it bears remembering that, that 
I'm going to make up a, a statistic here, but let's just go with it being right. 99.9% of all Facebook users now, you know, for them, the IPO itself was, you know, was a non-event. It was just, you know, right. something they, you know, they, 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 they had nothing to do with it. So, uh, you know, in terms of, in, in terms of it harming their business, I, I don't really think so. But yeah, they, they, they do have some uh, decisions to make to justify the valuation or the valuation will justify them. Just to wrap up on the stock, another company that went public in the last 12 months in the social media space, I guess you could say, that has a membership model in place, and that's LinkedIn. Um, and obviously a much smaller company, market cap somewhere around $10 billion. Yeah. Uh, but some would argue that's a company that has a, a longer runway for growth than Facebook. If, if you had to um, have shares in your pocket and they were locked up for five years uh, of one of these recent IPOs, are you looking at LinkedIn? Facebook, Groupon, Zynga, what, what do you think presents the best opportunity Ooh, for investors? Not Groupon <laughs> or Zynga for that That matter. wasn't the question. Yeah, no, I, I do Start think – I mean I'll, I'll jump on this one first. I mean I think really – you know, the one thing I liked about, Link, about LinkedIn is that they have that sort of process in place. We know how they are going to monetize their business through those, those membership subscriptions. And with 160 million registered users to Facebook's 900 million, you can see certainly a lot of, a lot of room for growth there on the membership side as well. The thing that concerns me about LinkedIn is it's very specific just in, in regard to employment and its customers. And I, and I don't know necessarily that, you know, unless you're looking for a job or, or have some real professional need to do it, I'm not sure how, you know, how often or how, how many people are going to get in that universe. And so I think for, for the long haul, I would actually be looking at Facebook. That's why I'm really enjoying watching the stock pull back here because it's getting more and more attractive every day. Bill? Yeah, I, I I really don't want to have to pick any of those companies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would see. I, I, I actually would think that the answer would be uh, a company like Sina, you know, the, mm-hmm. the the Chinese company that has a you know has a, a Twitter clone called you know Sina Weibo, and uh, I think that's where I would probably focus my attention. Pepsi has signed a year-long deal with Twitter to promote its Live For Now campaign. Uh, the deal involves sharing music through Twitter and having a series of pop-up concerts that will be uh, promoted just two weeks before the concerts happen. They'll be live-streamed uh, on Twitter. By the way, some of the alternate, uh, you know, the, the, some of the alternate readings of that slogan are a little grim. <laughs> Live. You know, for now. <laughs> That's true. So there, there, there is not currently any punctuation in that, right. in that three-word phrase. You have but to I, put the correct emphasis on the correct syllable. Uh, Jason, what do you make of this deal? Is this? Uh, I like the deal. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of Twitter. I think Twitter makes a lot of sense for a lot of people. Primarily because of its quick hit, free flowing nature, uh, you can you know follow who you want, get what news you want, and there you know Twitter only has about 100, 140 million registered users at this point in the game, which is still relatively small. No. Um, and if you look at, I was looking at some of these numbers here just to get a better idea of of the, you know the amount of tweets and and members that are out there. And so with one hundred forty million active users, they see about three hundred forty million tweets a day, which is more than a billion tweets every three days. So there's a lot of information getting put out there. And I think that, you know, for Pepsi, this is an excellent opportunity to really try to help get that brand out there to, to attract a more of a, of a youthful or a young audience. I mean, whether they're living for now or hopefully living <laughs> for longer. Um, you know, music, I think, is universal. Everybody loves music in some capacity. And so this is kind of exciting. I mean, they're going to be 
you know, impromptu concerts, you know, free music videos. And just in general, I think they're they're jumping into, uh, you know, jumping into part of the solution here and being part of Twitter. Yeah, I think the hard thing for Twitter has been that they don't have, you know, as easy of a path to direct commercial relationships with their with their customers. And maybe this will, you know, may, maybe this will will be successful or maybe it will be it, it will be fail. That is great. <laughs> <It English. will. laughs> like Ralph on The Simpsons. Yes. Um uh, maybe it'll fail, but I, you know, I, it's it's a good shot for both of them to take. I mean, it's 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 a pretty low risk way for uh, for for Pepsi and for Twitter to uh, to collaborate. I think it is low risk, and it's like that American Express deal that that Twitter uh, linked on here recently. With uh, you know, you you sign up to sync your American Express card with your Twitter account, and then every once in a while you see these American Express tweets go out, and you retweet it with that hashtag, and they'll credit you whatever the deal is, whether yeah. it be twenty bucks off at Whole Foods or. You know, whatever. I mean, you see that reflected on your American Express card. So there's incentive for individual consumers like myself to just retweet it, mm-hmm. um, and then you see the savings. It, yeah. it kind of throws a little bit of a kink, maybe in uh, uh, Groupon's model. There even makes makes getting that that savings just a little bit easier. Some of those promoted feeds are kind of awesome. Like I, I totally follow the Old Spice guy now. <laughs> I mean, it was promoted to me. <laughs> um, do you do you guys think you know now that Facebook is public? Uh, Twitter is sort of hanging out there, sort of bumped up the list of prominent uh, companies that are private. Do you think that what happened with Facebook's IPO, even though it was successful for Facebook in terms of um, raising capital, do you think that makes Twitter less likely to go public? I'm I'm just curious, and and if it has no effect, I I now look at Twitter, and I'm I'm on it, I use it, uh, but I also wonder. If Twitter ultimately stays private on its own or just becomes acquired by someone else because there's greater value to be had with Twitter if it is you know, acquired by someone like Google or something like that. What do you think, Bill? Uh, I think it's a great question. I mean, if I were if if I were Twitter, I would be filing my papers to go public as soon as possible because what you've seen is that there is an appetite for you know uh, investors are willing to put money out at a very high valuation. And for Facebook, even at where is it twenty eight dollars today? Yeah, pretty good valuation. Yep. Yeah, it's a pretty good valuation for them. And Twitter also has the opportunity to come out and say, well, this is how it's done. You know, we you know we 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 are not going to make some of the same mistakes. And so. I mean, if I were them, I mean, I think that they are, you know, as as an honest broker, uh, that's a pretty good independent company. Yeah, uh, Dan Gross uh, from Yahoo Finance, who was on uh, Monty Full Money a couple of weeks ago um, yeah, on Twitter, I think it might have even been yesterday, was just like yeah, sort of taking a step back and looking at the whole thing with Facebook and saying, yes, this is why America is in trouble, because a company that, that uh, was created eight years ago only has a valuation of $65 right, billion. Right, dollars. Wait, well, so you look at something like Twitter. Twitter's got a big problem with their valuation. <laughs> as well because if you were, we're trying to figure out exactly how they're going to monetize beyond advertising and so you know the stock today has some implications of around eight billion dollars the company itself and that's about 150 million dollars in revenues last year from advertising so that doesn't quite jive now I will you know earlier this year it was a pretty interesting move Twitter made management put a little uh, uh, rule in place there that anyone who owns shares within the company was not entitled they could not sell more than 20 percent of their stock that they own so the basic idea was they were trying to keep a lot of these shares from getting out of the market they want to they want to prevent that 500 shareholder rule so that they weren't required to go public right. so I think they want to control their own destiny I think mm-hmm. Bill's exactly right they're watching Facebook you're learning some lessons I don't know that Twitter would necessarily be um, looking to be acquired. Now, it, it seems like it would be a pretty attractive acquisition target I think uh, like for a, a lot. Like but, a Google going yeah. after, yeah. 
And finally, shares of Dry Ships, the Greek shipping company, down 3% this morning after weaker-than-expected first-quarter earnings. Bill Mann? I'm shocked they have room to go down at all anymore. (laughs) Four years ago this month, shares of Dry Ships traded at 110. Wow. Today, they are going for $2 and change. Dollars. Not not drachma. Four years ago. So it was like right about that time when the Baltic Dry Index just fell off a cliff, too, right? Yeah. Baltic Dry Index and Greece. Kind of a kind of a tough mix. Economy. I is mean, this? Is this? I mean, what what's the story here? Is this all just because of what's going on in Greece, or is this more specific to the company? Itself? So yeah, shipping is. I mean, a lot, shipping is really. I don't want to say dominated by Greek companies, but but Greek companies. Greece has a huge percentage of the management of of international open water shipping, um, and uh, you know, and they're. they're you know they're they're pretty good at the business. Uh, this company itself is is somewhat special. And in fact, when they went public in two thousand and five, I think it was the uh, you know there was a, a you know the CEO basically came out and said, well, the reason we're going public in the United States is because American investors are idiots and there is liquidity <laughs> on the market. So they have Dry Ships has a you know has a separate management company and. Uh, you know they they have plenty of ability to uh, to you know have expenses and you know and and uh, revenues uh, you know going back and forth between the two in a way that doesn't really benefit the shareholders at all. Um, so if you're looking to make money in the shipping industry as an investor, <laughs> and why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. um, it, you know, if it, because it seems like just with. You know our global economy. There probably is money to be made in the shipping industry. Is yeah. it is it with another company in the space like a like a an Eagle Bulk or Genco or is it or is it more sort of an offshoot of that? I mean, with dry ships at two dollars a share, I mean, what you have to realize is that this you know is that the CEO is not looking out for your interest. But at two dollars a share, not much <laughs> has to go right. You know, uh, I mean, he could he could he could manage to surprise in spite of himself. And uh, you know, but uh, as, as a long term investor, that's not where I would put. Yeah, forget I said that. That's awful. Uh, <laughs> But you know, as a you know, as a long term investor, I mean, there are there are some fabulous companies out there. The Frontline, for example. I mean, there are even fabulous Greek shipping companies, and you know, very little to do with with Greece itself. Yeah, Jason? I like dry ship sort of diversity in you know shipping dry bulk goods and having also the the offshore drilling yeah. uh, rigs as well. But I think I would probably focus a little bit something more specific. Um, I'm you know more pro energy in that regard. The company that I follow, Gulf Mark Offshore, which mm-hmm. uh, just provides the boats and ships for you know all the offshore drilling companies to basically get their jobs done. Uh, solid company, well run. Uh, you know, big market, lots of room to go. So they I, don't call their shareholders idiots. No, <laughs> they do not. Um, uh, this will be unfair, but I'll do it anyway. Is there, uh, is there a stock out there? Because going from 110 down to two in the span of just a few years, that's in its own way a remarkable feat. Is there a dry ships-like stock out there in the market? Maybe it doesn't go from 110 to two, but is there a stock out there in the market that you look at and say, you know what, it wouldn't shock me at all if this thing went to single digits in short order? I mean, Facebook, for example. I think that the, you know, I think that the, it, it's 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 quite remarkable what has what has happened with Facebook. And I guess at this point, they've got a cash cushion, so that's nice. But Facebook really could be. I mean, they have not figured out mobile at all, and that is a big big problem for them. So it really it would not shock me. I'm not I'm not 
you know, forecasting that, but it wouldn't shock me. Jason? Yeah, I mean, I hate to pile on it, but just I look for say, companies that are producing tangible results and have, you know, moats in, in their businesses, and just Groupon doesn't strike me as one that does. Um, I mean, it wouldn't go from ah, 100, obviously, answer. to zero, but I could see it, you know, being pretty much worthless. That's a better answer. You know, I just don't <laughs> Can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. you're locked in. Yeah. Bill Mann, Jason Moser. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.